Take your Bibles to John chapter 11. And we'll read a few verses of this chapter and hopefully finish it today. John chapter 11 and we'll be in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. After this, I'm sorry, then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, Unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Our Father, guide our thoughts today through your word. Encourage us also, not just, Lord, to think right, but then to do what we see is right. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have not cut it so far, I'm looking at the book of John in the theme of Jesus is the light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. When Jesus came into this world, it was and is a world of darkness. And Jesus is that life, the spiritual life, that is the humanity and uh, uh, deity in its fullness and uh, he is the light that shined. The light has often, uh, we've seen in this, ch- in this book, confronting the darkness. And in fact, that I think is what really is what John is about. Light coming into the world and confronting the darkness. And the darkness that it's confronting it mainly is in the, in the book of John is the darkness of false religion. Uh, I I thought to myself this week, the greatest darkness of man is in this realm of false religion. Now, I think sometimes we think the greatest darkness is in the area maybe of drunkenness and drugs and homosexuality and all of that. But I have to say to you, Jesus did not confront the sinners like he confronted the false religionists. And uh, the strength of his confrontation was far greater to the false religion. 
And it is seen also, I think, if we would look back in history, uh, look at the great darkness of Cain. He didn't believe there was no God, you see. He wasn't a drunkard. He wasn't a drug addict. He was a man that believed there was a God, but had a false notion of him. And there was great darkness. And God confronted him. Others, Nimrod, he was a man that was to build a tower up to heaven. It had to do with worship, a false worship, though. And we all go on and see the great kingdoms and empires of the world were really under the control of a false idea of God. And we continue to see that today. The Egyptians, back years ago, God confronted them through all of those plagues, and they were really plagues confronting the gods that they worshipped. We find in Canaan a great uh, decadence. But it came first, and it comes by false religion. And the idols, idolatry of that time and continued on for many centuries was a, uh, a, an idolatry that led to great immoralities. Jesus has come now to a nation that is full of false religion. It does not appear to be so to the eyes of the average person. But it is a nation full of false religion. And in the name of God, they are um, doing their evil. And in the name of God, they rob widows' houses. Have you seen that in Christianity? And if you wonder why we've come to such a wicked way in our nation... If you look back at the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the turn of the century, and then on into even the 10s, you find that there was a great deal of religion that was phony on television, wasn't it? And it turned people away from truth. So we're living in that darkness, and we need to understand its roots, where it comes from. Where did the terrible condition of the world before the flood, where did it come from? It really came from the religion of Cain, you see. That's where it began. Nimrod, after the flood. Uh, some go back, there's a book years ago that was written on Babylon. And uh, it traced all these religions of the world uh, back to its roots, back in Babylon. Uh, and I think it even went, and I'm not sure of this, but I think the book even brought it to see us to see that those roots of Babylon went back to Nimrod. Well, false religion. That's the great darkness. And Jesus is confronting it. And, and remember now, Israel... <clears throat> it, the, the closer you get to the center of it, the more uh, false that religion is. Much of Christianity today is distorted. And it needs to have light. And we've, we've seen that confrontation 
But now that's not what I'm going to speak on today. Um, I'm just reviewing, you see. What we want to do is now look at the darkness in the true Christian. Do you have any darkness? If we think we don't have darkness, we really have darkness, don't we? We still have a lot of things we need correcting in our life. And the 11th chapter of the book of John mainly deals with Jesus, and he does it in a very wonderful way like he does us. He's very gracious and long-suffering with us. But he's confronting the darkness in Mary and Martha and in some others. And we need that confrontation. Now, Jesus is dealing with a very tender time in their life, but he still speaks the truth, doesn't he? He doesn't flower things up. He does speak kindly, but he speaks truly. And we need to see what he says. Now, there was a certain man, and his name was Lazarus. He was sick. And Mary and Martha sent for Jesus. Now, this is not, uh, they've known Jesus for a while. Jesus has spent time in their home. And you remember that Mary was serving and Martha, I'm sorry, Martha was serving and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And there was a tenderness of learning there and a time of growth and spiritual growth in both of them. And I'm not going to go into their lives right now, but they were, they were close to the Lord. And so they felt free when Lazarus became sick to send for Jesus. Now their expectations were not in the light. They were not expecting what was light. <clears throat> and what they saw, uh, what was light, they saw as darkness. So we get things mixed up, don't we? So let's look at, in verse, by the way, the uh, apostle speaks of Mary in a future sense in verse 2. That Mary was yet, uh, he tells this story, that Mary is the one that anointed the Lord's feet with ointment, but that uh, in time happens in chapter 2. He's not talking about it, something of the past. He saw, he's reminding us of what Mary will do. And then verse 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Light isn't always easy on us. And what we go through for light to shine uh, is a good thing, although at times it seems a very difficult and maybe even a wrong thing, as it did to these sisters. So, we need to be reminded. And this is light. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. We need to be reminded of that. Because there's a hardship that... Uh, He's going to put them through. And when John writes this, he wants us all to know this was not something bad for them. But it was something good that would give them great understanding that they needed. Great light. And they needed to come out of their darkness. And so we and you and I need to come out of our darkness. Now Jesus loved Martha 
and Mary. And Jesus loved, loves us even when he confronts us and opens our eyes and brings us out of darkness. Painful it is often. And when he had therefore, I'm sorry, when he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now let me remind you that Jesus spends the last six months of his ministry outside of Judea, across the river. He comes back three months before his crucifixion and the Feast of, of uh, Tabernacles. And again, there is this great confrontation and this great threat against the life of Christ. Not a threat that could be carried out, for his time was not yet come. But nonetheless, it appeared, and I'm sure to the disciples very strongly, that Jesus would be crucified, or not crucified, but stoned, if he stayed any longer. Well, they left, and they go out. And on the way, Jesus heals the blind man. And again, light is shown, and wonderful light it is. And Jesus gives encouragement and statements to those that are saved, that they're in Christ's hands, and they're in the Father's hand. Nobody can pull us out. He is the good shepherd, this wonderful light. But he also, in that, warns the false religionist that they are not in his hands, and they are doomed, and the great danger he gives them. Well... Let's go on. Verse 7. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Now, it's interesting what Jesus says. And, And let me tell you, if you look at the book of John, you'll find just all the time light being referred to. If you go back to the 8th chapter, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. A wonderful statement. But those are statements all throughout the book of John. And now he comes to the statement again. Listen to it. Jesus answered on this, uh, when they said, you can't go back. The Jews will kill you. That's, what, that's in essence what they're saying. And Jesus says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. Now, we have so many ways of making decisions that are not based upon the light of God. It's very reasonable to man, to man, to our thinking, to warn Jesus, no, go back. But it's very reasonable to Jesus. There's no danger. If you walk in the day, you will not stumble. If you walk in the night, that's when you're in trouble. We make decisions over and over. I'm talking about Christians. Based upon our own frailties or our own abilities... Or our own circumstances leaving God out. That is darkness. And we need to get out of that darkness. We need to make our decisions based upon the light of Christ. And we won't stumble. But if we walk in the light of our, shouldn't say, in the darkness of our own heart, 
then we will stumble. And how many of us as Christians have, been, have stumbled in our Christian walk? It's very tragic, isn't it? Did I read verse 10? But I'll read it now. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. And by the way, that's why we need to be praying. There's no light originating in us. These things said he. And after that he saith to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Now, let me say this to you. That the preaching of God's word even sometimes seems strange to Christians. Is Jesus lying when he says he's sleeping? He's not lying. He's, he's speaking in a spiritual realm. Is Jesus trying to fool them? But he is used to speaking in a light, in the light of eternity, in the light of God, in the light of truth. And when he does so, it's oftentimes confusing to people. Why? Because of our darkness. And so he said, He sleepeth. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Now that's an argument not to go. Why risk your life? He's sleeping. He's do well. Don't go. Howbeit, Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Now, the graveyard, the cemetery, means the place of the sleep. Hallelujah. We've lost our meanings. We've lost our light. And oftentimes, when people have named things in the past... They're speaking in a spiritual realm. I, I go to graveside services and, and still once in a while conduct a funeral. And I, I say to you that I go out and I see the graves and I see people that sit on the graves for hours. And I think to myself how sad, how tragic, how dark. But... If you don't have Christ, it is a dark place, isn't it? Are you with me? Verse 14. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Now, do God's followers need to understand things so that they, should, they will believe? And I say to you that we still have a lot to go, long way to go in faith, don't we? We need to grow much more in faith. And the disciples needed that. Now they've left all. Peter said in the same period of time, we've left all and followed you. And yet there's still a darkness, isn't there? And they need the light. Then said Thomas, and this is a, a statement of uh, pessimism, and I think that we need to understand Christians have no place in pessimistic thinking. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. 
And that was a, a, a statement that, in one sense, it's uh, commendable that he was willing to die. But in another sense, he doesn't see the real reality of life and what it is that he will be doing in life, in life for Christ. Then, said, then when Jesus came, he found that he'd lain in the grave four days already. And I have to say, that's a dark place, isn't it? Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And uh, that's about two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Now, let's look at those verses very uh, closely. Bethany is close to Jerusalem. Uh, the offering that Mary is going to give and the, the ointment that he, she's going to pour upon him is a very costly ointment. And we find that in chapter 12. And it's a critical, uh, people criticize and, uh, that she did that and wasted that ointment. Uh, but, but Mary later has light that the others don't have. And Jesus said, she did this for my burial. Uh, and what, I'm, what I want to draw in all of that is this. Uh, they probably, and I, I couldn't be absolute for sure, but this is probably a fairly prominent family in the area. When Lazarus dies, it's a, it's a, big, it's a big matter. Uh, apparently they have some wealth about them. And they're in that, if they did have any wealth, that would make them prominent in this day. And uh, they're only two miles from Jerusalem. You remember where the greatest darkness is that we've seen in the book of John. It's there in the center of this nation, the darkness of false religion. And this is an opportunity Right next to Jerusalem, for light to shine, and for the and, and there's going to be when we come to the end of the chapter, there's going to be a great confrontation uh, and an exposure of the darkness of the religious leaders of Israel. So there's a comforting matter as this this family apparently was somewhat prominent. And they come and they comfort Mary in the loss and Martha in the loss of their brother. Now, again, the first, the, big, the biggest portion of this chapter is that which is to open up the eyes of those that already knew Christ. And uh, we see an indication of some real sorrow and trouble. Now, I don't mind, and I think we ought to. I preach from this when I do funerals. And I think that the spirit of these people, what they're going through, is so revealing and maybe very typical of our sense of things at times in loss of those that we're very close to. And so it's a good... There's... There's things here in their life that encourage, uh, make us relate to them, I guess we should say. But at the same time, we need to see the wrong of it. 
of their heart, of their thinking. Now Mary is the one that sat at Jesus' feet when he was teaching. And Martha was upsurging. Now then, when Jesus comes, Martha hears of his coming, and she goes to meet him. And when we get another verse or two down, you'll hear what she said to him. But she gets up and goes, but Martha sits still in her house. And I think what we see there is somewhat of a peevish spirit. You ever been peevish toward God? Did you ever complain to him? I think we are all guilty, aren't we? And why did this happen? And what did you do this to me? Why did you do it? And that spirit, and even though uh, if we're very mature as Christians, we know that spirit's wrong, yet it's a very hard thing to deal with. Why, could the, why did this have to happen? I, I, I experienced something that was very minor to me, but as I saw the family, I, I just was co- completely taken as to how, how could they go through this. Young man, uh, out of the Marines, uh, and was had surrendered to the mission field, killed in a car accident. And such a joy that he gave to people. What a wonder of his life. And I tell you, he was a great blessing to me. And then to hear that, it's just something you can't understand. And why? 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 And uh, so Martha has some darkness, doesn't she? Or we have some darkness. Now, we, I don't want to excuse that. I want to say that it's pretty normal. But I don't want to excuse our normal darkness. It's not right. And Martha has come, but what does she say? Look at it. Verse 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now that's a strong statement. And it's a true statement. If if Jesus had decided to heal him, he wouldn't have died. It's a true statement. But it's a statement in darkness. There's something they don't know about. And they need to know. And they will know as time passes. Now, do I blame her for that? I don't blame her. I, I have to say that I might have said far worse. What do you think? You see? But that doesn't excuse it. Now, she, she kind of softened it. By saying, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Now, I have to tell you, I'm going to get this. When, when, later in the chapter, when Jesus says, roll the stone away, she says, Lord, he's been dead four days and he stinketh. So he, she wasn't believing whatever he would ask would be done. She said those words. But it shows that she really did not, in her actions, believe those words. Now, she does know this. Martha saith unto him, I'm sorry, yeah, verse 24. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. Aren't you glad this story happened? 
What a, the, what a light. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Listen, there is probably no verse more full of light on the resurrection after after Christian dies than that one. Hope after death. There it is. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? That's a good question, isn't it? He's shining the light. It's as bright as you can have it. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, that which should come into the world. And that's where we fall back on, isn't it? Our salvation. We can believe in our salvation that Christ has done it, and we're strong in that because we experienced it. But in tragedies and hardships of life, that's where we have need of more light. And whatever happens, we know Christ has saved us. But we need to have a better... Look, if Christ has saved you, Martha, there's people here, Martha, that need to know your confidence. There's people that are there comforting her. And she's saying some truth. And it's wonderful what she's saying. But she needs, and we can say it, all things work together for good. We can quote the whole verse, but we need to act in it. Now, verse 28. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. I, I wonder if that's a little white lie. <laughs> she, uh, we didn't, it's not recorded, is it? Now, maybe Jesus did say, where's, where's Mary? But we don't have it recorded, and it may be that she is trying to get Mar- Mary out of her sullenness. And that's a good thing that uh, she wants, I should say. Okay. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Let, Let me interject something about personalities here. Okay. Is Martha an outspoken person? What do you think? I think she is. Is Mary a little bit more reserved? What do you think? That's what I think. Uh, um, If you were doing something wrong, who would confront you first? Mary or Martha? But, but who are the Jews staying around? They're staying around Mary, aren't they? Do you know tenderness and kindness attracts people to you? 
Would you agree with that? And bluntness. People don't want to be around you. <laughs> Would you say that's true? Now, which is better? Well, be careful. They're both good, aren't they? They're both good qualities, I should say. We need both, don't we? Now, you know what God does in a home and wives uh, that have children. They need that tenderness. Uh, but wives, they need a father that's outspoken. That doesn't mean I have to just chew everybody out all the time. I don't mean that. But speak up and correct. And a, wife, and a mother needs to be in that way too. But you see, there's two, there's two sides God made two to parent, and they're needed. Now, that's true in the church. Now, if you're that kind, gentle soul, don't get mad at Martha. <laughs> and if you're the Martha, don't be mad at Mary. Be glad for both. All right? And we kind of talked about this a lot, haven't we? Preachers need to speak up. Don't they? Now, Jesus, I think, had both. And it's this book, or this chapter, that says that Jesus wept. I thought I was going to get a lot faster through this. Anyway, let's go on. Where are we? There's 31. Then, I'm sorry, verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Do you suppose they had maybe said that to each other? You know, I have seven kids, they're all grown. And when I hear them say the same thing, you know what I think? They've been talking about us. You know, when, when parents get old, the kids talk about them. You think he's all right? Think his mind is going? <laughs> it's okay. But uh, uh, you kids, let me tell you something. We're not as dumb as we look. <laughs> All right. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Come, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Well, we see the tenderness. He had both, didn't he? And that's a wonderful thing. Jesus was balanced. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. That's a good thing, isn't it? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Jesus loved his nation? How often I would have gathered thee as a hen gathers her chicks under wings and ye would not. And he wept there. And yet there's a rebuke in that. And some of them said, could not this man, get the darkness of men in this. Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? You know what this criticism is? He, he opened the eyes of the, the blind man back in chapter 9. Why didn't he raise Lazarus from the dead? Well, back in chapter 9, they were criticizing him because he, 
healed the blind man on the Sabbath. You know, a critical spirit is critical all the time. Get over it. Get out of our critical spirit. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone, Martha. The sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Now there's a rebuke there, isn't there? You're not believing, Martha. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Now you see the focus of Jesus. He wants people to turn from their wickedness and trust him. His motivation for all these strong rebukes against the false religionists was that they might see truth. And now then when he prays, he says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Then he says, and I know that you've always heard me. I just said that so that they would know that you always hear me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Now, I hadn't thought to do this, but uh, I want you to look back. I hope I can find it. John chapter 5. And I may just quote it because it may be in chapter 6. When Jesus raised the dead, I'm sorry, here in this passage, uh, he had said something to them already. And he said this, For the Father loveth me, and showeth me all things that he doeth. And he will show me greater works than these that ye may believe. For as the Father, listen to this, for as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now listen to that. For the Father judgeth no man. In other words, the Father is leaving in my hands as to who I raise. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. And then he goes on and says, As the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Now what's he saying there? He's saying way back when he healed the man at the pool of Bethsaida. When he healed the man way back, a year before. He was said then that the greater works will come. The raising of the dead. 
He said, I receive not testimony from man. The works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And some of the people, they, they believed on him and said, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than this man hath done? I mean, no man in all of history had done what had been done here right before their eyes. This was planned just a, just a little while before Christ's crucifixion and his resurrection. Jesus calls a man out of the grave that is already rotting. That you might believe. Now Martha already had believed that, hadn't she? I know that at the resurrection, he'll rise again. I know who you are. I know you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. But she needed to know even more on daily living to believe in Christ. And you and I that are old need this idea in us strongly. Pain is coming. And we may lay in a bed and wonder why. We need to believe more and our darkness needs to flee. That we might be a testimony to those around us. Somebody in your family doesn't know Christ and they need to see the testimony of death. But I want to warn you. Some will believe. But some won't. You imagine after what Christ had done that some of these Jews went to the rulers and told them what great things Jesus had done and not to commend him, but to get him in trouble. And guess what they did? Look at it. And our, our time is almost gone. Then gathered, verse 47, then gathered the chief priests and Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. Do they have light? Yes, they're not receiving it, are they? Do you think they have one excuse? They don't have one. But let me tell you this. Everyone has received light from God and not a one of them has an excuse to refuse the light. What is the problem here? Is the problem the light or the problem their heart? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Spurgeon was lost when his mother said this. And she said, if God sends my son to hell, I will agree with God. Did she say, I will rejoice? No. But I will believe that God is just. Let me tell you something. The problem is not God being unkind or unjust. The problem is the darkness of our own selves. We are so wicked and we don't even know it. 
by the way, Spurgeon did get saved. Now, I'll conclude by this. Mary and Martha were taken away by their emotions. You understand that. But they loved Jesus. They loved him. And a Christian loves the Lord. And we maybe get taken away by our darkness. But we don't want to stay away. But those that refuse Christ... They really don't want him. If you don't believe that, read Romans chapter 1. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now, who do we sympathize with? Men or God? I'm on God's side. Are you? (laughs) You know why I'm on his side? Because he took a dark sinner like me and gave me light when I didn't deserve it.